listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm a bit... It's somehow today because I'm alone. I'm used to having my co-hosts here, Seho and Tando. So you've got Witness Mtaka on air. I hope you guys are well. We're going to have an amazing show. We've got an amazing guest in studio. I hope you guys have had a fantastic week since the last time uh, we actually were on air. I mean, I'm looking at the time and I'm looking at um, not just the time as in time right now. I'm looking at the fact that the year has gone by so fast. We are already in November and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about their December plans. But more than that, we're also thinking about the year 2023 you know, and looking at the plans that we're going to be having. My co-hosts are away on business, each of them, at different places, uh, which is good because that's what the show is about. The show is about them minding their own businesses. You know, there's nothing worse than minding other people's business while yours is not well taken care of. You know, we've got Nkate uh, Kadi in studio. So I'm just going to do a quick intro. She's, I know she's an attorney. She runs her own law firm. Uh, she's got an LLB degree. She also has a postgraduate degree in compliance management from the University of Johannesburg. And she's re recently completed her directorship course with the Directors Association. She's a co-founder and managing director at Mpela, Mugadi and Associates. Her, le her legal experience spans the full spectrum of the law, including litigation, criminal law, commercial law, uh, which is very relevant to the show, and family law. Her recent work has primarily been in the area of child law. Her accomplishments include winning the Lawyer of the Year District Court Award, counting and nationally for her contribution to access to justice by her former employer, Legal Aid SA. Intense, engaged, litig litigious, passionate, energetic, focused on the client and their needs above everything. She educates others on the law with a focus on those that are misinformed. A mother, a wife, a daughter, and an activist for the rights of women and children who has the opportunity to serve a number of NGOs as a non-executive director. Her objective is to use her experience, knowledge, and skills to make a meaningful contribution in her community and society as a whole. Wow, that's a mouthful. Where do you get the time to do all these things? <laughs> Welcome, Kateko. Thank you so much you for having that me. I'm reading your profile now. As no, you, I if, don't. As you're listening to all those things that I've, I was saying about you. No, I don't. That's why I'm like, wow, where do I get the time? <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a point in time where you believed that you could be all these things that you are now? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think every achievement is literally one step at a time, one achievement at a time. Yeah. So that's how I took it. And yeah, listening to that, um, I'm shocked myself. Hence, I'm saying that it's just literally one achievement at a time. Right. So tell me, tell me something, your story, where and when does it start? And at what point did you realize, actually, I've got a passion for the law and I've got a passion for order and I want things to be done right. And therefore, I'm going to become an attorney. Sure, probably being a September baby, uh, I hear we perfectionists. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> but um, this is really like, I know it's cliche as it sounds, like I've always wanted to be a lawyer. I've always been certain about that. Yeah. Um, 
it's just always been a passion of mine. And I remember in grade 11, we did job, sh- uh, job shadowing. And my dad would ask me, where do you want to go? And I said, which career? And I said, law. And then he found a law firm for me. So it's always been that. And even when um, certain teachers would tell me, no, your personality is more of a psychologist. You know, your personality is more of this. Yeah. I would really be insistent on the fact that I want to do law. Okay. So at what point did you discover that actually I'm making a decision, I'm going to become a lawyer, um, and I'm going to focus on this area of study? Um, yeah, probably late high school. And for me, it's always been a passion. And lead, leading towards, um, I remember being passionate, especially about family law. And I have a background of um, attending maintenance court once or twice. Yeah. All right. So that pushed me to say that I actually want to be that person who represents these kids, right? Yes. Um, that fathers don't want to support. I saw myself actually advocating for those for those children because I found myself at some point in my life uh, being in that position. So mm-hmm. I've always had the passion and the drive to say I want to do that someday. So so take me through, take us through your story, um, step by step in terms of where you've been. Because I hear that it sounds like it started off as a total passion, right? At what point do we then, and we'll get into that, merge that passion uh, for the law with business and saying, I want want this now to be a business. You you founded your own law firm. You're still running your own law firm right now. Um, But take us through your journey uh, from when you started. You talked about high school. Then eventually you studied and then you did um, your articles. I'm guessing you wrote your bar exam, and clearly you passed because <laughs> you wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> and then now you you started working. So take us through that, just so we have a background of what your story is all about. Yeah, without going into much detail, I think yeah, I I, I studied LLB degree, and that also confirmed that actually I want to be here. Mm-hmm. in the results I was getting in, you know, pursuing that I didn't struggle. I knew that this is actually where I'm meant to be. Yeah. Then after graduating, I attended what we call um, legal practice training. It's more of a practical uh, course for six months after you've obtained your degree. Because what happens with law is that it's more theoretical. Yeah. But how you apply the law is way different from the actual theory. Yes. So I then did the practical legal training. Even there by my results, obtaining distinction, becoming one of the top learners in the legal practice training, I also knew (laughs) as a fact that I'm meant to do this. Like, I love this. You know, I'm passionate about it. When I study, it's not not a matter of just studying to pass, but it's a matter of interest. I'm interested in what I'm I'm reading and studying. Mm -hmm. And obviously then having to go look for articles. I did uh, get uh, articles. I started at a private practice here in Cape Town Park. Yeah. Um, then um, I then seeded my articles to Legal Aid South Africa. Session is something where you can swap where you do your articles. So then okay. I did that. I've heard that word a lot in the n- yeah, I law seeded, yeah. <laughs> yeah, You can seed your articles to another place if you feel like you're not getting experience at a certain practice and you want to just diversify. And um, then I went to Legal Aid South Africa and uh, did the rest of my article term there. Mm-hmm. Then I then um, became admitted. I had to write board exams, yes. I had to write board exams, pass yep. them first time. And then I uh, became admitted as an attorney. Articles were done. The hardest part of 
being a law graduate is one, finding articles, and two, articles being done. You're admitted attorney, yeah. but you don't have a job. Mm. Right? But then Legal Aid South Africa called me back and said, look, we have a permanent post for you. You can come and work for us as a district court attorney. And then I became a district court attorney at Legal Aid South Africa where I got achievements, awards, basically for my passion and, and the fact that it's access to justice. Because Legal Aid um, South Africa is basically state-owned and it's like free for those who cannot afford legal services. Yeah. So I know the misconception out there is that legal aid practitioners don't care because you know we, they're not being paid or whatever. Of course we are, but by you know by an individual, so they feel like they're not getting the you know the amount of you know if they were paying someone. Yeah. They're not getting that full on representation, which is not true. So yeah. So are you telling me that someone listening to you at home right now, maybe let's say they have a problem in their business that they want to get solved but don't have the resources to pay for an attorney, they can go to the to the Legal Aid South Africa and they can get assistance? Or is it just for individuals, not businesses? They can, they can. But there's a lot of services. There's pro bono services, there's um, clinics. There's a lot that a people a people can go for free legal advice. It's, it's not as costly. Yeah, so I just want to take this opportunity, ne, just f- to make those... For you to just name a few that people can go to. You can go to the University of Pretoria Law Clinic, University of Johannesburg Law Clinic. I know Vitz has a law clinic. You yeah. can go to Legal Aid South Africa. You can go to Legal Practice Council. They are they do actually as we have practices. Yeah. We we register there to offer pro bono services. So right. if then they look into you and they see that you can't really afford, then they get you a practitioner who can help you with the case. Wow. Not many people knew this. Because immediately when people get into trouble with something, they think, where am I going to get a lawyer? Yeah, no, they, 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 they think you I can't afford a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but can they? Maybe let's take us through. I mean, you mentioned these services that are free, and you decided, I'm still starting a business, although there are services that are free that people can go to. You, s- you decided, I'm going to start a business, and I'm obviously going to charge. Sure, I'm blessed, hey. It was my business partner as well said, listen, um, join me. There's something about you. Join me, Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, at the time, he was own, uh, running his own practice, right? And I was still working for Legal Aid South Africa. And then I said, okay, I'll try it. Then I went and I opened my own practice alone first. Before then, we merged. And then we started in Pilamgari and Associates. Mm-hmm. And so it was... Um, more of someone saying, look, I see it in you, take the risk, leave this job, start, start your own practice, you can do it. So you've got a partner that saw the potential in you? Yes. So what criteria then do you apply as a business owner um, in terms of choosing the right partner for your business? Sure. Um Besides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put aside work ethic and when you see a person, how they deal with people. And, and I'm going to also say spirit-led. Right. right? Um, there's, a, there's an inner peace. Go deeper, mama. <laughs> <laughs> there's an inner peace, you know, and you need to follow that. Because yep. I, I've thought about running my own practice and I'm like, nah. But there's, there's an inner peace that when he approached... It, that I'm like, it's time. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I followed it. I followed that inner peace. I followed the leading of the spirit, which is very important. Right. Because had I looked at his work ethic, they're okay, yes, he's passionate, he's doing whatever. But he, he could not be, he might not be the right business partner for me. For sure, right? for sure. Um, he might not be divinely connected to my destiny, or, you know, or called to my destiny. So, inner peace for me. Inner peace. All right, so you get into this partnership, and then what informed which kind of services you're going to provide? And maybe let's get into some of those so that our listeners at home can be aware. I mean, most of our listeners are people that are interested in business. The show itself is Mind Your Business. And and I'm sure a lot of them listening, they want to know um, what sort of help you can provide for them. But we'll get into those, right, bit by bit. But just take me through what you guys do in your law firm, what services you offer, so on and so forth. Okay. So and, 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 and talk as if you're talking to laymen. You know, I know attorneys, <laughs> I, they can throw, on, throw in these words. Earlier on, you said, I see that. Uh, you know, yeah, someone is probably wondering, what, yeah. what exactly does seizure mean? You know, so when you go litigation, explain exactly <laughs> what, what litiga- litigation, litigation yeah. is. <laughs> I'll try. So earlier went on when we started. So we, we had um, a legal aid background, right, which is court and criminal. Um, Both of you. Yeah, both of well. us, both of us, which is legal aid is 80% criminal. But because I applied myself, I didn't also want to be stuck in that one um, sphere of law. So I've always asked my bosses or whatever so to spread my wings within other departments. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, we dealt mostly with that. And I do not regret it because my client base currently and my referrals with most matters, you know, whether it be commercial or family, whatever, derives from the, the, the work we did for our criminal clients at the time. Yeah. And then as we grew, we started developing certain passions. Like we started getting into panel work. Panel means we have now businesses. Uh, we have state departments where we are doing legal work for, right? Mm-hmm. Then as soon as we started that, uh, we started branching out into uh, labor. We started branching out into family we started branching out into immigration. And then we each then started to find our feet. Like, what do we actually become passionate about? And my business partner loves immigration work. He loves, he's, he's very passionate about it. There's more to immigration than saying we have a foreigner in the, in the Republic, right? Yeah. And then I started, I leaned towards more of family law, yeah. uh, which is, you, you know, you can be your divorces, it can be your... Um, anything domestic, maintenance, anything family. Then I, I, then I develop a passion again. Where it came back now to my passion for children. Then I started do guardianship applications. I'm branching into adoption now. It's it's been great. But then there's another side of me which is governance, right? Yeah. Um, which I love. So I did a postgraduate in compliance because I just genuinely love uh, governance and I, I love how corporate, you know, make sure that they know the laws. You know, when you're running a business, you need to know the law that relates to your industry. You need to know the bylaws in your industry. You need to know the regulations that regulate your industry. For and sure. I was, you know, I became interested in that too. So that, that's when I then went into compliance and then governance just recently did my law with the Directorship Association so I can serve in boards as well. You know, give legal advice to businesses and make sure they are compliant. 
how many boards do you sit, sit on right now? Uh, sure. I, I know you, I know you set at a board <laughs> of the church at one point. Uh, so have you expanded in terms of that and sit on more boards? Is that something you want to uh, increase in terms of capacity uh, over the years? What's the plan around that? Yes, definitely. You see, um, I do not like taking chances. I have to be well-informed and well-researched and well-educated before I go into something, right? Right. So I needed to so sort yeah, that out. <laughs> not really. <laughs> but I needed to sort that out first. Right, so I served in NGOs, NPOs, you know, just to get that practical training. But now I then now diversifying into corporates and busy on the cards. Soon I'll be announcing which boards. Soon, uh, mm. I'm look. I'm looking forward to that uh, announcement. Mm. Ah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to so, this one. I'm so, so excited. You know, when yeah. you when you when you were mentioning the type of services that you you offer, I know I know for a fact that you are passionate about um, business people, families as a whole. I mean, people that are getting married, not to get married in community of property. You always mention this every time we talk. You're like, why do black people get married in community of property? That was a conversation between me and you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, l- let me just say, I share the same passion. <laughs> and... You know, a lot of people, they get into business. They start businesses, but because they don't have the right kind of marriage regime, they end up, I mean, losing assets along the way and and not even talking about divorce per se. Uh, The fact that if one person is bankrupt and you are married in community of property, whoever is the creditor can literally come for the other partner. But but people literally don't know about that because, I mean, in South Africa, do, do people get married in community of property automatically? And how does it affect them in business? Sure. Um, why you? I'm saying I'm passionate rather is that because of the nature of my industry and what I do, I see the consequences mm-hmm. of a certain marital regime, right? Yeah. So sometimes, yes, um, there's a spiritual part in it. But sometimes it's it's a matter of like you really could have saved yourself from, from this all this trouble <laughs> <laughs> from okay. this heartache and complications had you taken uh, a particular marital regime. And let me not even when it comes to marital regimes, I'm I'm becoming legal. I'm speaking legalist now. Yep. So when it comes to uh, you, the type of marriage you get into, whether it be in community, out of community, you know, it has an effect. Mm-hmm. on you you are your estate basically you are what you own the house you own the car whatever right that's your estate so it has consequences on such things right yeah so um there's two ways either by divorce or by death right so we not let's say now i don't entertain divorce you, you have no plan of divorcing or whatever yeah but one thing that always happens and is certain in the human life is death the complications, then you start the cracks. And Texas. And Texas. <laughs> yeah. <those are> two, <laughs> things, two things people are sure of, death and Texas. Yeah. But the complications then start revealing themselves there. And also because I am an attorney and I deal predominantly, obviously, with the, my people, my community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the it's it, it becomes very complicated with families if a spouse, one of the spouse passes on. Now yeah. there are families coming in and saying, that's my son's house. It's not yours. Now they forget that you were married. They forget. It's yeah. a lot. So take us through the regimes. All right. I know there are three. Okay, there are yeah. two. 
but two in yes. one and the other one. And the other What's one. the first one? Oh, let's start with the easy one, the common one, which is in community or property, right? Yeah. Which is my what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine, right? Mm-hmm. This one is lovely because everything of yours is mine, including the debts that you own, right? Debts. Yes, debts. Right. Are mine. So creditors are mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one partner starts a business, the business collapses, he owes people money. They come for him, he doesn't have anything, but you're a millionaire, they come for you. Basically. Yeah, in the sense in the sense that you might be sequestrated, right? Meaning you are not allowed to take credit, you're not allowed to do anything because you are bankrupt. Mm-hmm. The other spouse also becomes because uh they have to go after both of you because you are in community or property. It's a joint estate. For sure. And then the next regime. The next regime is then out of community of property, which is straight out what's yours, it's yours, what's mine is mine. Accrual it sounds no hectic, accrual. but it's really not that hectic. Mm-hmm. And then we have accrual, which says that, okay, and accrual, by the way, is it's value. Ne? It's right. not witness you have two cars. Um, sh- should we divorce, I'm going to get half of that. No, it's value. The value of your whole estate, of everything you own. So if your value is plus minus 10,000, I get half of that. And how it works is that whoever grows more, you mm-hmm. know, uh, after from the date of marriage going obvious, the one with the lesser growth gets to have, have a claim from the one with the higher growth. Right. So if we then go into the marriage, we are zero, zero. You then grow by 10%. I'm at 5%. Then I have a share on your 10% and I get to get 5%. That's not fair. <laughs> 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 but I just wanted to find out something. So, so on, the <laughs> on the forfeiture of benefits, how does it work? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need two hours for forfeiture of, of, of okay. benefits. Yeah. Because what happens is that, let's say, I'll give you a typical example where mm-hmm. forfeiture always comes into being is where housewives are concerned, right? Mm. So we married in community of property and the husband was working all the time and now all of a sudden we we have to separate. Mm. Then I the husband says, I'm taking everything. I was the one working. I bought everything. And then the wife is like, but hello, I contributed. Mm. I mean, somewhere, in some way, shape or form. Mm. Yeah. So I, uh, the husband goes and says, you forfeit your benefits because I worked for everything. You didn't work. So it's in situations like that mostly then, yeah, we have to then fight. Like, how did you, why should I forfeit? What are the grounds for forfeiture? It's a long, complicated court uh, process. Okay. I think the the most, um, usually when I read on social media, obviously so I'm a lawyer. You're hi. welcome. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> I said hi. You know, I told everyone at home that you are not here. Hey, I, I, no I, I see the commitment. I love the commitment that even um, from a business... Business trip. You gotta make sure you come here. You don't greet anyone. You you just ask a question. (laughs) (laughs) But you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. My flight. um, Yeah, my flight landed late. Yeah, and I waited for the bag. So I'm. I'm so sorry. We're happy for you to be I'm here. I'm also happy to Fire be here. Fire your next question. Yes. I can see you already have the passion <laughs> yes, for this. I've, <laughs> I've been listening, so I wanted to ask you. So usually when um, I on social media, people like to say, oh, uh, this person cheated, and therefore then th- this person can go claim, and you can lose your uh, your benefits. Uh, so so and sometimes you read, and they say, no, that doesn't apply. The South African law doesn't really... Um, look at that entirely, whether it's another another party cheated or not, they just look at other things, but not that. They, they, how true that, how, how true is that? 
yeah, it's true. Like I said, you would need hours to 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 explain for <laughs> yeah. So you can you can come and say, look, you cheated, so you do not deserve any part of the estate. It's got nothing to do with the value of the estate that mm. we created together, mm. right? Mm. The joint estate. The the fact is that. I own 50% of the joint estate and I'm going to get 50% of the joint estate. Whether I uh, cheated or not, that has to do more with breaking our marital commitment yeah. more than anything. So does that apply with uh, getting married out of community of property without accrual? No, it doesn't apply. Remember, we, when it comes to property regimes, we're talking about an estate. Yeah, now we're, we're talking, talking without about a crew. <laughs> we're not talking <laughs> about relationship here and what caused the relationship to, to part. Break we, down. Yes, okay. we're talking about how do we divide the estate mm. that we created together. Because remember, it's one now. But yeah. when you are married of out, it's always going to be whatever you get is yours. Whatever I get is mine. And it's just just gonna be always it's like that. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. That's an yes. easy marriage to dissolve. Yeah, but mm. with law, law is never simple. Mm. Law is never simple. You can have a claim, even, but it's 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 that's what we are here for to mm. fight. <laughs> oh, so you guys are here to fight. Yeah. <laughs> so take us through like maybe cases where I know also you said you deal with commercial law. Yeah. Cases where um, small businesses needed assistance or where you you think they're missing it in terms of the law. You mentioned something about compliance in every part of the industry that you go into. I mean, there's compliance that you have to follow. What do you see business, young business people or small businesses making as mistakes? Mm -hmm. And how can they rectify that? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the the one thing we we all do, right, is go to CIPC and you open your business and you <laughs> <laughs> it That's ends there. <laughs> We've I've got a business. It's a witness. Uh, it's witness uh, projects. Yeah, and then it ends there, right? And and the complications come, and then you say, oh, you say it's witness and kateko projects. Yeah, mm. you own fifty. You own fifty. And like in in life, we never predict that anything bad is going to happen. So at that point, you didn't have a memorandum of incorporation, right? Mm -hmm. Which then that one states how you. What's the vision of the business, what's the mission, what's the strategy, how mm. we're going to uh, run the business, how many are we going to have, a? we have to have directors, are we going to have a board, you know, how are we going to split, mm. then you have share certificates and share, you know, agreements that uh, can I buy you out, if one, if you die, can I buy your shares, what's going to happen to your shares, Not should sure. you die, all of those, mm. all of those agreements and things that you enter into as a business relationship or business partnership, mm. just like a marriage, uh, come into play and they are not done. So you're a small business, you just have a company name, you have a business account, and then that's it. And so I would always recommend, like, you know, Memorandum of Incorporation, it just details everything about the business and how you're going to run it. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously if you have business partners getting into share agreements, you know, it's not as easy, it's not as simple as uh, you have 50%, I have 50%. You know, when it comes to voting for whatever we want to do, if we, let's say you want to take money and buy another business, who has more votes, you know? What if you put in more money than me in the business, right? Does that equate to you having more shares than me? Does that equate to you having more votes than yeah. me? All of those things play a role in mm. a business. Mm. So so I want to ask you something. So do you, do you would you recommend to... Um, so so king okay. sole traders is it sole trader ne? Yeah, sole proprietors. Or, 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 uh, proprietors, yeah. or partnership for, um, for them to enter into this or any type of business. Do you, would you encourage that we have all these things uh, in place? Sure, it's difficult. Mm. I mean, um, 
Do soul traders still exist? I don't know. It doesn't I exist I anymore, that thing. I, I forgot so the name. The thing, is, <laughs> the thing is, um, I can't. You know what business you're running. I can't say do it alone, do it with a partner. You know the needs of the business. You know what help you're going to, you know. But what I'm saying is that any agreement you enter into, put it in writing, put it on paper. Yeah. Because we are humans at the end of the day. We're not going to agree on everything. And that's why agreements are there for such things, right? Um, if you feel that your one of the directors or one of the business partners is not acting in the best interest of the business and you want to declare, you know, the director delinquent or you want mm. the director removed, how do you deal with such things, you know? Mm-hmm. So policy comes into place as well? Policies, agreements uh, play a role in that aspect. As well. So what I'm saying is that um, the future is so unpredictable, but you can prepare. It's more of a risk management type of thing. Yeah, you know, you know, Ines, where I was coming from. Yeah. Like you own your own company. Yeah. You 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 the only owner. You the only. Hey, you shape. don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I have <laughs> shareholders <laughs> agreements. There. It's so tight. I have mm. I have yeah, shareholders. Yeah. So, I, so have I was I was coming from that angle. So if if I'm running my own business, I start my own business on my and own. And you're alone. And I'm I'm alone. Do I need to you know consult you? What type of things should I look at? So that's what I was asking. All right. I might have used sole tra- <laughs> trader. So so Gataki, she's saying when one yeah. per, a person doesn't have a partner. Yeah. And they're running their own company. I mean, there are companies where you started and you're like, I'm a one-man show for yeah. now until I hire people. Yeah, no, I mean, there you, I mean, you're running the show. <laughs> you're running the show. Until so you get a partner. Until you get a partner. Until you feel that someone says, look, I want to invest in your in your business. Mm. I do not want to run the business with you. You can still run it, but I feel I want to invest. That's when, you know, agreements come into play. What's the role? How will he get a part of the profits, etc., etc.? Yeah. So, uh, just to come back there again. So, I'm, um, let's say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so, now I'm married. I can talk yeah. about marriage. Yes. I'm a so, I can't know. Sole propriety, PTY, yeah, yes, witness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so now um, I want to dissolve my marriage mm. uh, because now I can see that my, my business is growing and I want to safeguard my partner. Yeah. Uh, how do we go about it? I bet there are two things. You're yes. dissolving, but you want to safeguard your partner. No, man. Which one? I get it. <laughs> now you don't want the risk of the business to come into your marriage. I get it. You know, if you're if you well, are you married in community. Are you married property? in community? Yes. 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 So, yes. So, so, so do yes. we come and see you? What's the process? Yes, definitely. Because I need to go to court. We need to go to court and ask that your property regime be changed. Is it a process? It's a process. It's a process. How long does it take to change from in community to out of community, community with accrual? Mm. It doesn't take long. One of the requirements is that we need to lay your your estate for what we call for in, lay it for inspection, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to tell accreditors that um, Mr. and Mrs. Huhu uh, are planning mm-hmm. to get married out of community. What we're trying to avoid mm-hmm. is that you you. You have debts, mm, but now or you are about to be sequestrated. Mm. You just wanna you want to make sure one partner is not sequestrated. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're trying to avoid. That's why we're trying to advertise and find out which creditors you have to check mm. and make sure that you're not doing this just so you can hide debts and protect your other partner. It's just clear that to the fact that look, uh, we wanna do a contract now because I'm going into business and yeah, these are the I'm assuming it's going to go on, on social media or you're going to go on, no, on newspaper. No, it's not social media. No, I mean newspaper. newspaper. Yes. Newspapers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, social media. You know social media, social media is, it's so powerful yes. nowadays. Yes. 
and 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 sometimes it's even more powerful than the media itself mm-hmm. you know so got uh something else that i want to ask uh touching on labor law because i know that's one of your expertise you know when i was listening to you you mentioned shareholders agreements but i didn't hear you say employee agreements i didn't hear you say <laughs> making contracts. sure that there are contracts between those businesses and and em- employees and what happens if i fire someone without following due procedure you know i mean is that what you deal with and what advice do you have uh, for small business owners out there Yes, remember we were advising on opening a business, right? You don't even have employees at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. But now, obviously, then when you now have employees, that's where policies come into being. You have to create HR human resource policies. You know, these policies, obviously, policies have rules of how, of you know, how the company works and et cetera, et cetera. And then you get into a contract with the employees. And if the employee feels that they have been dismissed unfairly, they can approach the CCMA mm-hmm. and say that, look, I feel that I've been dismissed and I feel that I've been dismissed unfairly. Okay. Then um, the CCMA is a very nice, um, what's the word? It's it's not like court, you know, it's informal. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It's a nice informal process. So what they will do is they will call you, they will call the employee, try to conciliate, meaning try to sit at a round table and see if you cannot reach an agreement. If you can't reach an agreement, then we will do what we call arbitration, which is then the matter will then be arbitrated. Yeah. So which is more of a court process whereby you get to ask questions and Let's say I want to avoid going to the CCMA, but I want to constructively fire this person. <laughs> can can I I mean let's say they did something and I mean they they should be fired and I want to follow due procedure uh, uh, so that they don't go to the CCMA. Can I then call you and say come chair the meeting? Because yes, yes. I don't have anyone above me, but you're an attorney. Uh, please come chair the meeting between me and this person. It's disciplinary hearing. What is what is usually the process around that for the benefit of the listener there at home? Yes, definitely. Hence, I said policy. So your policy will say, um, I'll I'll give you an industry like security guard, right? Yeah. The policy will say you're not allowed to sleep on duty. For example. Mm-hmm. You, you get there, you go to my site, I'm sleeping on duty, right? Mm-hmm. And your policy will say sleeping on duty is an automatic dismissal, right? Right. Right. So, yes. Then, But it's automatic dismissal does not mean you're sleeping on duty, you're fired, right? It's a matter of, okay, uh, witness, we need to come and attend a hearing and you give him a formal notice of a hearing. Because what the CCMA looks at is your procedure. How did you go about firing the person? Mm-hmm. So you give that person a notice that you have 14 days or 7 days to prepare for your hearing. These are your charges. I'm charging you with sleeping on duty. Right. right? And I'm giving you 7 days to prepare for this hearing and you can then uh, get someone, whether it's a sub steward or whatever, to come and assist you at the hearing. Then you call me and you say, I'm calling you Nkateko because I want an independent person. Because right. often what companies do is that they get a person whom either that works for them maybe or someone who the employee feels this person is not biased. This person knows me. This person obviously knows my mm. boss. So this person is going to do whatever my boss says, right? Right. Yeah, so you get, you know, an, an independent chairperson which would And how much do you charge when to come No, sit I'm not going to say my fees. You must tell us. Because <laughs> we are allowed. business people and we I'm are I'm not allowed. According to the Legal Practice Council, I cannot say my fees is tantamount to tout Touting is like I'm, I'm fishing for clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're not allowed to fish for clients, <laughs> hey, guys. So, so you come, 
you come and you you consult with me i'll definitely tell you my my feeds on if you want me to chair uh, a disciplinary hearing then once you he- chase that hearing you either found guilty if the employees found guilty they get to get a chance to say please why should i not dismiss you and then if still you're not satisfied you are dismissed Okay, mm-hmm. just want to ask you something. So for small businesses, it's because um, sometimes they can't afford, um, you know, just to have a lawyer on call. So are you able to do some some kind of like templates? Like if you have um, standard contracts, you know, stuff that they can use without having you on board all the time. Um, I'm just asking from that angle. Are you able to also to do that? As in I create the template? You, you, you create the standard contract saying these are the contracts you're going to have. This is the policy, how it's supposed to look like. You know, just, just you know, just a startup pegnan. No, I get, I'm, no. I'm now thinking for small businesses. No. <laughs> Remember, I run a business. I guess we are on, what's the show? Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> so, I run a business. If you want me then to draft a certain policy or contract for you, mm. unfortunately, I'm going to have to charge you. No problem. But Google, as usual, has that standard form or whatever. I'm kidding. <laughs> like I'm saying, do you ever start the practice saying, these are the basic things that you're going to need? Like, for a small business, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. Like, these are small Yeah, I can help you okay, with startup packs. Yes, definitely. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, yes definitely. Yeah. So, What's the most complicated case you've done in your career? Sure, complicated. Complicated or challenging. Maybe the word challenging is the right one. Or complicated things are challenging um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, from from an emotional perspective, um, I feel that divorces are the most hectic uh, things that I do. Yeah. Merely because you have two people that have once at some point in their life loved each other, but all of a sudden they don't, especially when there are children involved. Mm-hmm. Because I have seen how people can be so spiteful and use their children just to get whatever it is that they want. So um, they are hectic in that sense. Anyway, any case that where the children are involved, they are emotionally taxing right. for me. Yeah. Right? Um, from, a, from a labor perspective, it's getting someone who definitely, if I give you an example, who slept on duty, but insist that they didn't sleep on purpose. <laughs> like, you know, when you get difficult people who insist that they did this wrong thing, because, mm-hmm. and the excuse is just, yeah, it's that. Um, obviously, challenging for me, I've done a couple of media cases, but I think um, the heist one, the airport heist, whereby mm, a couple of dollars were stolen from a plane. I yeah. think one would would have been the quite... 200 million <laughs> rent one. Yes, that one where the money is still nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah. um, that was one of my, the most challenging, not the most, but one of the most challenging ones because mm. uh, wherever there's media involved, uh, it's quite a challenge. And I think it was my first media one. So it was quite daunting for me. But yeah, we did it. Um, Were you not scared yeah, with dealing with uh, alleged criminals? No, 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 never. Always approach a, a person from a human perspective. Like, this is just another human being. Approach it like that. And they are just like, this is just another person. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it becomes easy. I know a lot of people, if they aspirant lawyers, always ask me, um, aren't you scared of speaking in court? Like, I can't speak. I can't, you know? Yeah. And I always tell, you, tell them that, honestly, if you do something once, the second time is easy. 
Mm. It's like when you steal one, the, the second time is like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second time you're like, I'm not gonna put it in my pocket. I'm gonna put it in my shoe this time. But it's 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 fear of the unknown. You know, when you've never done something, you have that fear because you d- have not experienced it. You don't know how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you've experienced it, it's like, ah, it's not that bad. Mm. Then you just get better with experience. But um, yeah, I love, I love children. I love cases. I love guardianship. One thing I do want to add, I know uh, one thing I'm experiencing lately is that we're having a lot of black families that are sitting there with children, especially with deceased parents. Like you are sitting there mm. with your niece or your nephew, their sister passed on. I mean, your sister or your brother passed on two, three years, five years ago, you decided to take the child, move in with them. Then I, I'm finding that there's a lawful way to do that because you struggle with registering the child at school. You struggle with getting an ID for mm. the child. You struggle with getting finance for this child because you're not a guardian. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying doing such cases. So in that um, case, what do you do? Do you help the person legally adopt the yes. child? Yeah. And, yeah. Or become a legal guardian for the child. Right. Yes. What's, what's the quickest? Guardianship or adoption? Uh, look, guardianship is the quickest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long are we looking at, roughly? We're looking at about six months. Six months. Or and the then easiest. Full one. adoption, how long the are we looking at? The easiest one. We're looking at a year or two. Right. Yeah. So there is a process that one can follow there is instead a process. of just taking the child yeah, and staying with them. Because it's always your, it's a mission when you have to get certain things uh, for the child and can really this can be done and it's it's easy. It's not that bad. Okay. So I always ask this question. What is the one thing that has kept you going in your business, in your career, in your life? Sure. I'm at Hope Alive. So, I mean, it's God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Don't on say it's God note. because you are here. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. People that. are going to think it's because I'm on Hope Alive. <laughs> but no. Um, if you look at my bio everywhere, I've always written Kingdom Citizen. And I've always been clear about that. I'm here on the Kingdom Mandate. Right, right mm-hmm. on earth. I, 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 I make sure that in everything that I do, mm. I'm a kingdom representative, right? Mm. Is God going to approve in the way I'm handling things? Um, and hence, I'm saying that um, even when there's altercation with clients, I always mm. feel that the, the spirits are not correlating. So I'll distance myself from the client or the client will distance themselves from me. But I always know that it's God's intervention. So what has kept me and what has actually enabled me to deal with certain aspects of people, different aspects of people, also to be under the stress and everything that comes along with it is prayer, thank God. Mm. Mm-hmm. So so have you ever had, um, out of curiosity, have you ever done any pro bono? Like, have you ever dealt, uh, looked at a case and decided, I'm going to take this case even if I don't get paid? Definitely. Okay, what, yeah. was the, what was the experience? What was the... Out, um, What's the background? I recently did a guardianship pro bono, actually. Mm. And uh, guardianship is in the high court. It's not a, a, a exactly a cheap court mm-hmm. to go to. There's um, a lot of paperwork involved. But we, ha- we had a grandfather here who came to, to us and said, uh, look, my I have a grandchild. Mm. The father is disabled. I'm literally taking care of this child myself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother has passed on. Mm-hmm. I... I want to put her on my medical aid. I can't because I'm the grandfather. There's no direct, you know, it's not my child. When I say that, they say, no, you need to be guardian of the child. Mm. So then we did the guardianship application and he got it. Mm. Wow. 
Um, another question now, where do we find you? We have literally two minutes left. <laughs> I'm in Captain Park, 81 okay. Commissioner Street. Mm -hmm. And then um, social media number, office number. Um, <laughs> office website. number 011395 I am at Nkatizi on Instagram, Nkatizi1 on Twitter. I am very bad with social media. I'm trying to get help or send help. Someone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so where do we find your law firm? What's the do you have a website? Do you have um social media pages? Yes, on Facebook we are Mpilam Gadi, um www.mpilamgadi.co.za and yeah, on my pages and I, like I said we're in Captain Park, but also we go everywhere. So I'm you use correspondence to go road. to other areas. Yeah, or you just do it yourself. There's like yeah, high court in high Port Elizabeth, I, I'm I, going. High court has made it so much easier. It's online now these days, so we do it ourselves. And yeah, if if it's too far, I we get correspondence in the swapping of papers, right? Mm -hmm. But when it's time for the actual court, we go there ourselves yeah, sometimes. Right. So the f your favorite court? Yo. <laughs> I love I love Caroline Leaf. She talks mm -hmm. a lot about you know. Uh, your the mind so i love the fact that you know um get rid of stinking thinking get rid of stinking thinking <laughs> ah so wanna get rid of stinking I thinking <laughs> <laughs> you are what you think i love that you really are what you think all right lastly your favorite book as we close <laughs> Caroline again. <laughs> Caroline leave again. Uh, get rid of your your clean up your mental mess. Clean up your mental it's mess. Really. It's Any last words from you, Sarah? stuff. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming, and we we've learned so much. Um, hopefully we will um consult you outside. <laughs> thank show. you so much for yep. having me. Yes, uh, from me and uh, witness, it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. All thank right. you for having me. It's been so fun. Thank you for coming, and ladies and gentlemen, you may have a lovely, lovely evening. Chat to you next week. You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa.